deals. And Bonds hits one high. It's a deep. It is out of here. The drive in the air to deep right field. That ball headed toward the wall. That ball is out of here. Out of here. It's out of here. It's out of here. Out of here. Outside Baseball with Seth Nevsky and Drew Frank. Hello and welcome to Outside Baseball. My name is Seth Nevsky and with me through the power of Zoom is my co-host Drew Frank. Drew, how's it going? Uh, It's going well. It's going well. We had a bit of a problem last time we tried to do this. We've had some problems so far tonight, but uh, hey, we're here and if you're hearing this, that means we got through it. Mm -hmm. If you're hearing this and speaking of problems, today we have on the problem, our friend Jack Shapiro. (laughs) Jack, how's it going? I'm doing well. Uh, Happy to be here. Thanks for having me on. Hey, we're glad to have you on. The passion's not quite as much as, say, when we had superfan Jackson Farrow on, but perhaps it will build later on in the podcast. So, Jack, do you know what we're doing today? We are drafting the next 10 World Series champions. There you go. You heard it here first. So, taking from our Cy Young exercise that we did as a podcast and our MVP exercise, which we had the recording problem, as Drew mentioned, uh, I also happen to win that one. Today, we are going to try to draft the 10 next World Series champions, uh, we didn't want to do this just me and Drew because let's be honest, like, if you have 20 picks, we're going to get there probably, right? <laughs> so today we wanted Jack on so we could each have five picks, uh, unlike our last drafts, because there's a guest, it would be a bit unfair if we did a straight draft instead of a snake draft, so we will be doing a snake draft today, but I still have the first pick uh, because of my my relatively little expertise compared to these two. So are you guys ready to get started? Yeah. Let's play ball. (laughs) Always brings it with the puns. That's Jack the Problem Shapiro right there. So with my first pick, I'm going to go. They just won. They're willing to spend a lot of money. They have a good front office. I'm going to go with the Los Angeles Dodgers. I think that they can probably get at least one World Series trophy in the next 10 years. I think that's a pretty easy first pick. I mean, I'm not sure if... Jack will disagree, but Dodgers would have been my spot there too. Like you said, they've got money, they've got talent now. They're favorites to start at the beginning of the window, like even looking in the next two or three years. And they're also stupidly young. Like they, they have one of the better farms um, the past few years. They've been right in the upper half of the league. Their stars are certainly not old and aging. I mean, past Justin Turner to the guys that you think of old. I mean, Kershaw is 32. Like it, this is a team that's around for a while. Um, pretty pretty clear pick there at number one. Jack, would they have been your first choice? Oh, of course. And now with the monkey off the back, you know, they got uh, Will Smith, Gavin Lux. Like they're they're definitely in for the long run. Mm-hmm. So with that all being said, who do you have with the second pick overall? I I'm gonna go with the Atlanta Braves. I I like Ronald Acuna Jr. Okay. They got some talent. Like, what do you think? Do you think the Atlanta Braves are good, Drew? The big thing is we've already talked about the Braves a good amount. Even when we did our Cy Young draft, the same type of thing, where we're looking at the top arms for the next decade, three of the top six picks were coming from the Braves, as we had Fareed, Soroka, and Anderson as arms that were set to dominate the league for, for a good amount of time. So I think that makes sense. You mentioned you throw Acuna, Aldis, uh, Christian Pache, maybe a guy like Drew Waters, depending on how high you are. They have a lot of young guys that are set to be very good talents. And yeah, I think this certainly makes a lot of sense at number two. And they have reigning uh, MVP Freddie Freeman. Yeah, exactly. Like they got the youth, but uh, 
even the next few years. They're they're right around the corner. Mm-hmm. Drew, where did you have the Braves on your board? If you made a board for this one, I had them at number three. I I think they're a first round pick. Certainly, I think the fact that they're in the National League and they have to get their way through the Dodgers each year is going to be tough. So. Uh, the only team I did have above them were the Yankees. I think they look to be set for quite a good amount of success in the upcoming years. I had them at second on my board, but I'll happily take them now with the third pick. I think the reason I see them ahead of the Braves is just because of the budget that we know they're going to have time and time again. And the monkey off the back, you said about the Dodgers, the Yankees are still kind of looking for that because they haven't won one in... By their standards, a while, you know, the 2010s, they were shut out. And I think this is a team that has pieces now that would compete. And they were the favorites in the AL last year, favorites again for the AL in 2021. But even like down the roads, I mean, they've got one of the young top talents and Jason Dominguez in center field coming up, a guy like um, David Garcia, the young core with someone like Torres. They could be competitive, surely, for all 10 of the years we're looking at, too. I think that that's a great number three. I had them in the top three as well. And now I'm kind of deciding between two options. Oh, never mind. It's not my pick. We're doing the snake. Guys, we're off to a great start. It's your second pick. <laughs> well, hey, I mean, if you wanted to give me a, a little bit of a hint, feel free. But Trust me, any information I have, you also have. <laughs> All right, well, hey, I'll stick in New York then, and I'll take the Mets here. Um, a team I, I wasn't so sure about taking um, when I was making a when I was preparing, thinking maybe we're looking the next five years. But if we're going ten years, which we are, I think the Mets make a lot of sense just because the new owner and looking like they're gonna spend. I think right now they might not be set to make a run. Uh, depending on what they do this offseason, I don't think they will be contenders. Uh, in 2021, but they seem like they're heading in the right direction. DeGrom will be around for hopefully the rest of his career. It'd be kind of cool to see him finish up there, but he's got lots of years left in him. He's got three, four, maybe five years of being one of the better pitchers in baseball if he ages like a guy like Scherzer has. And I think you bring in new ownership, you bring in new management. There's a lot of talent on this team already, and I really don't think they're as far away as their record might have suggested in the past year. Drew, I think you'd be happy to know that that was one of the two teams I was considering, because I know that my opinion means so much to you. So Yeah, or worried to hear that. <laughs> uh-huh. Jack, uh, what do you think about Drew's pick? It's a great pick, although... They won't have the the millions of dollars that have been freed up from uh, Cano suspension. Yeah, there's a few guys to like here. I mean, Nemo and McNeil are some of the most like electric bats when they're on. Uh, throw Conforto in there too. I like Conforto a lot. They they just seem to go cold at the wrong times. And the bullpen, the same thing. Like this this past year, it seemed like they just struggled anytime you gave them an opportunity. And even in 2019, a lot of the same things. It, it seems like this team's unlucky. So I'm hoping that their horrid record the past couple seasons, you know, isn't going to carry forward too, too much. Yeah, and I've heard from a couple baseball experts that uh, they're going to be, you know, chasing Lindor in a trade. They're going to be chasing Real Muto. Bauer and Springer and free agency and just right there like that should put him in a good place and then of course like you said their owner's willing to spend and LeMahieu I mean we Jack touched on the Cano suspension that opens up at least one year worth of salary for this year and a lot of people think LeMahieu could be coming that way Mm -hmm. 
Jack, who do you have with your second pick? I'm going to go with the Padres. Ah. Again, they're very young. They got Fernando Tatis Jr., who is coming into his prime. You got yeah. you still have Manny Machado and Eric Hosmer, so you have veterans there. But um, yeah, I just think that the Padres, they're ready to win, and they got a great stadium too. However, they did have a pretty embarrassing home run that was hit there a couple of years ago from a Met. Behold, the other team I was considering. I think right now we're on schedule in terms of uh, even the average listener of this podcast would probably start with this top five. And now we head to, dare I say, murkier territory. And in this murky territory that we are now in, uh, I think, and I'm not all that confident in this pick, but it seems like every now and then they, they pop up and have a pretty long run. And obviously they have a great front office. They don't spend much, which is why I wouldn't take them in the top five. But I think I have Tampa right now. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. I wasn't sure where you were going with that preamble. There's a few teams that kind of meet that description. I actually had another team I thought you were going to say there. But Tampa, I think, is, is a strong pick here because, I mean, they were at the World Series. They're, they're the closest you can get. They lose to the Dodgers. But uh, overall, very good stuff from them. I'm just worried with Tampa about how much higher their ceiling is than what we saw last year. Because, sure, you can say they're going to always find another no-name guy that can throw 100 out of the bullpen and pull up some random second baseman that can just outperform um, all expectations, like a guy like Mike Brasso was, for example. But it seemed like everything went right for them this year, and they still seem to be outmatched by the Dodgers and even barely snuck by the Yankees and barely got by the Astros too. So I think it makes sense. They have the strong front office like you're saying, but yeah, murkier territory uh, to say the least. And the one thing about the Rays that they have to deal with is their salary cap. You know, they don't have the resource that the Yankees have with money. Uh, They also don't have, you know, the, the structure of like their organization is constantly, you know, you're dealing with um, whether or not you're going to even be in the city. You know, maybe Montreal creeps in, takes their uh, organization. You know, they're, they were talking about the split a few years ago. Yeah, that was still like to this day, one of the crazier, one of the crazier things that we've uh, we've ever heard. Uh, Seth, are you familiar with the, the split proposal? Because I know that kind of came when you weren't following baseball so much. I'm going to assume just from the title, it's playing half of their home games in Tampa, half of them in Montreal. Yeah, the idea was that you play in Tampa for the beginning of the season when the weather is bad in Montreal, and then for the summer and fall, they play in Montreal, and Tampa just loses their team halfway through the year every year when their home game shifts. But you'd have to build a new stadium in Montreal because the old one wasn't good enough, and it's a health concern, and the Blue Jays players didn't even feel comfortable playing there for two games. Um, You'd have to build a whole new stadium to house 40 games a year. You get half a season. Then it comes to, well, Tampa, do they lose the playoff games? The ownership is partially owned by the city of St. Petersburg, so they don't want to move. Like, There's just so many questions that none of them have answers to. It makes so little sense, but... Yeah, that's it's it's something. If anything, I think like Jack was saying, they could just up and leave. the The whole split thing is just just crazy. Well, when you're trying to win a World Series, you know, how are you gonna be able to focus when you have that going on? We oui. 
not only that, it, it just seems like an instant no when you go to the players' association. Like, <laughs> yeah. like that's insane. You need to either reroute your family to a whole new location, which I doubt that they do, or, you know, just personally move around for, I guess, a quarter to a third of the year. That's insanity. There's so many problems. <laughs> mm-hmm, for sure. And now I have the third pick, I just realized. And uh, with that third pick... I know that they have some bad juju, but, I mean, they've been there before. They still have a pretty talented roster, uh, and I I wouldn't be surprised if we see them again. I think I'm going to go with the Houston Astros with my third pick. Uh, Drew, what do you think about that one? I think it's interesting. I think the fact that they're losing Springer now maybe doesn't come in a great time for them, especially you look at their last season, finishing below 500s, all the problems over the offseason, but... If this was a year ago, I would be a lot higher up on the Astros. Guys like Forrest Whitley, who we keep thinking might be coming sometime soon. Uh, One of the game's top pitching prospects who just hasn't arrived yet. Kyle Tucker, we've talked about before. I I think it wasn't maybe two episodes ago. Yeah, we were doing our our playoff wrap. Mentioned he's a guy that's taken some strides. Jordan Alvarez, another very talented hitter. They do have some young pieces. We actually took him in our MVP draft, if you didn't see it on Seth's Twitter. I think it's interesting. There's certainly no perfect teams left by the time we get to the seventh pick, but this is a team that's got a little bit of both. They don't have the top farm necessarily in terms of prospects, but they do have a good number of guys that have arrived and are still on the younger side of things to keep this team competitive. Jack, what do you think about it? I don't know. The Astros, I I think a lot of teams don't have a lot of faith in that organization. You know, most hated team in baseball before they were the Yankees, also most beloved team. But I know they got some prospects coming up, but how how will fans be involved in in their World Series, like in their postseason success? Do you think the like the constant weight of cheating, do you think that'll stick around for a while? I mean, you know, it's not a good look at all, but I still think that they do have quite the talented roster, and I was kind of grappling whether or not to choose them or another team, but to be honest, we're at a point in this draft where it's just kind of a crapshoot because of the 10-year mark. But with that being said, hey, uh, the reasoning for some of these picks might get a bit interesting. So, Jack, who do you have? I got to go with the hometown team, Toronto Blue Jays. That's who I was thinking. Wow. They got, of course, you have, like, the, the sun power. You got... Uh, Guerrero Jr., um, Bo Bichette, Calum Biggio, and you also have Nate Pearson, who's, despite some health issues, he's an amazing prospect. I really love Austin Martin. I know that a lot of Jays fans are hoping he picks number 55, but we'll see. Yeah, I, I just think, and they're not usually the biggest spender in the MLB. They do, they are owned by Rogers, and they have tons of money to spend, so... If they're close, I think their owner will definitely be looking to uh, make that acquisition to take the next step. Fair. I do think on that point, we might see that disproven this winter because by all indications, they're in on everyone. Uh, We saw DJ LeMahieu, a name that they're attached to. For him, it's basically he's either going to New York, New York, or Toronto. And they're kind of a, a top three team for him. 
Yesterday, Ken Rosenthal wrote that Justin Turner was looking at Toronto. Today, it was reported that, uh, from a Phillies beat reporter, that Real Muto is closely in talks with the Jays as well. Bauer keeps mentioning them. I, I don't think there's as good a fit there as people might think, but certainly there's a lot of options. Springer is by far the best option out there in terms of Jays, what they need. And just overall, the economics, we've touched on it a little bit, but as the only team that's not owned by an individual, all the other 29 teams are, Rodgers is able to be a bit more stable during the pandemic. And, and some teams like the Brewers, for example, are cutting their costs next year as a result of the lack of income last year. Rodgers shouldn't be as affected as he said. Plus, as a telecom service, if anything, you would think their profits probably went up with more people working from home and Zooming from home and, and doing all that stuff with different plans and needing stuff to watch on TV, all that stuff. So I, I think they're in a unique position where they said you have a lot, like you said, there's a lot going for them in terms of Pearson and, and the Suns and Martin and all that stuff. But also, they could be some pretty big stent- spenders coming up. All right. Yeah, I think that that makes a lot of sense. And like I said, I would have picked them as well. Now, Drew, who do you have with your next two picks? First off, I'm going to go with the White Sox just because I do think that they are close. And I don't necessarily like them for this coming year. I don't think they're that close. But I do think with Robert for a long time, Jimenez potentially developing into a 45-50 home run hitter that some people see him being able to uh, could definitely be a big bat for them. Giolito took a massive step this year, and he was someone that I wasn't as high on as most people were, but I was absolutely proved wrong. I think the White Sox overall look pretty good for the next 10 years at least just because of the depth of talent they've got. Yeah, I think that that's a, a pretty solid pick for sure. Jack, what do you have to say about it? Uh, yeah, Chicago, they have a lot of great pitching. Um, they also got uh, Moncada, and they they made a lot of trades. You know, Chris trading Chris Sale, they acquired a lot of great pieces to be a contender in the future. Moncada, dare I say, the nicest eyes in baseball, but that's besides <laughs> the point. Drew, who do you have with your fourth-round pick? Uh, this is a team, I'm not sure if it's a reach, considering they <laughs> led the American League in wins almost all year long and finished with 90-plus wins in, I believe, three seasons in a row before that. But I was between a couple teams, and I figured the A's were the team that's least likely to be on the board the next time my pick comes around. So I'll snatch them up here. I think a lot can be said similar to what we said about Tampa. They're always going to find another guy out of the bullpen. They always seem to develop these young, talented hitters. And a lot of that comes from the front office. As long as the, the guys are in the right places there to continue that development chain, that seems to be good. I mean, they lose Matt Chapman late on this year, and that certainly didn't help them in the playoffs. Maybe that's how why they had a bit of a premature exit. But overall, this is a team that's performed quite well in the past few years. Matt Olson is slept on by a lot of people as a top talent in the league. And Sean Murphy behind the plate. I mean, he has just hit since he's come up. He's looked really good. And I think there's a lot to like with Oakland. Yeah, uh, they were one of the two teams I was looking at next. So I like that pick a lot. Jack, uh, what do you think about Drew's pick? Listen, I don't have the uh, sports almanac from Back to the Future too, but I think it's a great pick. Uh, They're going to be decent. And I'm excited for what they have in store for the future. 
Yeah, and of course, looking 10 years out, like you're going to need to put faith into front offices more so than, say, current talent. So I think, yeah, just looking out, they're always going to be competitive. Jack, who do you have with your fourth-round pick? I'll go with the Boston Red Sox and, you know, Alex Verdugo. He's a great prospect. They just know how to develop. You know, one could say you don't see the Red Sox going that long without a World Series, but then you have the curse of the Bambino, so there's that. But, um, yeah, I just... I also visit Massachusetts. Like, I've, I've been there you know, probably 10 plus times. I've been to Fenway like four or five times. And I just, I think the Red Sox, they know how to do it. Nice. You got both personal connections there, that and the Blue Jays. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why, why do you go to Massachusetts so often? Like I like Boston too, but, uh, but what's with the 10 or more times? They have this actually, this connects to the podcast. They have a league called the Cape Cod Baseball League. And oh, yeah, a lot of prospects have uh, come from there. They, Jackie Bradley Jr., Josh Donaldson, Kevin Euclid, literally Jacoby Ellsbury. You just have prospect after prospect, legend after legend. It's just a great, um, a great uh, league to develop. I, I think I met uh, an Oakland Ace scout a few years ago. That's cool. The one time I went to Massachusetts, we saw a bunch of games from that league. So yeah, uh, that, I guess that's a reason to go. It's a, it's a beautiful state, uh, dare I say. Uh, and with my fourth-round pick, uh, I think I'm going to go Minnesota Twins. I know that, how long has it been since they've like won a playoff game? Uh, it's, it's been a while, but either way, they're, they're, they've been in the playoffs, what, last few years? And on top of that, uh, I'm looking at MLB.com, and uh, according to the March 9th, 2020 article entitled, Every Club's 2020 Farm System Ranked, uh, they were 8th, so assuming, sorry, 7th, so assuming things don't go too wrong for them in the future being that they have a decent amount to play with uh in the future with their farm system plus they're already good now i think that that probably sets them up to actually win a series and win you know a few series in order to win the world series yeah i mean their big problem has just been the yankees it's it's been multiple years in a row where they haven't been able to get past them this year a little different because of the whole wonky playoff structure uh they ended up facing the astros and we saw how that went, but I, I do like this. This this team's very good. I think the pitching is going to be the question and the short term, um, as well as potentially the long term, because a lot of that prospect status uh, is fueled by their shortstop prospect, Royce Lewis, and outfielder, Alex Kirilov. So the top guys aren't necessarily going to be bolstering the rotation anytime soon. They do have a couple big pieces. They lose Bruce Dardaderol, who potentially may or may not end up uh, biting them, depending on how he develops, if he's able to start. But that's my big concern, is going to be the pitching. In the short term, they've got Maeda, they've got Barrios. Maybe they make a splash for a guy like Paxton. I could see that making some sense. Uh, but the only reason that I'm questioning the arms is just because we know the bats are so rock solid. Maybe Nelson Cruz uh, decides to retire sometime soon, but just the rest of the lineup is so, so stacked with talent. Even a guy like Mitch Garver, I feel like, gets slept on by a lot of the league that, yeah, the, the Twins make a lot of sense here. All right, glad I got Drew's endorsement on that. Jack, what do you think? They, although they ran into the Yankees, you know, the Yankees have a history of, uh, you know, beating teams that should go to the World Series. You know, look, look at the Seattle Mariners back in the early 2000s, winning 116 games and they get knocked out for the Yankees. But uh, no, the Twins, they, I think um, with the prospects, they have a great draft. 
this year. Um, they'll definitely be looking to uh, have some postseason success after years of, you know, misery. Yeah, uh, for the sake of this draft, I hope that as well. And now we're on to the fifth round, and we start with my pick. And I'm going to be honest, at this point, we've picked 12 teams, so we're going for, like, the super hopefuls, being that there are only 10 years coming up in the future. Uh, so earn the next decade, and that's just the uh, how a decade is. But with that being yeah. said, I think just kind of as a hope, because uh, it would be a shame if this guy didn't win a World Series in the next 10 years, I'm going to go with the Los Angeles Angels. And, you know, they have stacked some talent to uh, kind of give Trout the impression that there is a team here to have. But maybe in the future, somehow it'll work out and they'll win the World Series. And if not, who cares? Because we're already at pick number 13. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I mean, I don't know if we'll see 13 teams uh, winning it in the next 10 years. Like you say, Mm -hmm. you make a great point. The math does not check out. So, yeah, there there are a few directions you could go for the long shots. I think the example that I popped into my head looking at a few of these teams in preparation... The Washington Nationals from the from 2019 were a team that weren't on our radar in 2009. So they won it, and they were able to build a team from you know not too too many years ahead of time. If if we were looking back then, um, obviously that the team <laughs> uh, in a very different point than it was in 2019. But it, it shows you how fast a team can turn things around. Is kind of what I was trying to say by that whole long analogy and maybe the angels are able to turn around and do something with trouts i'm sure just about the whole of the baseball community would be uh hoping for the best for for trout for something like that because a guy that's absolutely at the top of the greatest of all time talks as such as as mike trout is i mean you figure he deserves at least one title for sure. I hope so. Uh, Jackson, sorry, Jack, what do you think about this pick? Sorry, I, I just thought about super fan Jackson Farrow there for a second. Well, uh, Jack the Problem Shapiro. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> you better change your Twitter to that right now. Yeah, I uh, will do. But you don't want to see such a legend in Mike Trout become the next uh, Charles Barkley, you know. You want, you don't want this guy going home without a rose. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I just think that Mike Trout... He's gotten some pieces, you know, last offseason you got Anthony Rendon. Will he be too old though? That's the question. Like you're you're wasting years here by not um even making the playoffs. Yeah, for sure. Uh I've hoped though that he'll win one in the next ten years. Or else, yeah, he, he just won't win one at all, which will be really sad for <laughs> one of the best players in baseball history. Jack, who do you have with your last pick? I'm gonna go with the Detroit Tigers. I like that pick. They'll have Miguel Cabrera's contract off the books. So that'll free up some room to uh, pursue some free agents and or, you know, sign some of these great prospects they have. Although, you know, you look back at the Tigers of like 2014 and you had uh, Miguel Cabrera, Max Scherzer, Justin Verlander, a great bullpen. Victor Martinez, Prince Fielder. Victor Martinez, of course, Torrey Hunter, just... It was. I can't believe they got uh, swept by the um, San Francisco Giants. Yeah, they're pretty stacked, but uh, here we are. And I think just looking at the farm system list I had up earlier, they were number five, and I'm not sure how their prospects have performed since, you know, March. But I, I do think that that's a good pick just on the strength of their prospects alone. Funnily enough, we have the fourth best farm system still on the board. So, Drew, I'm wondering who you're taking with this last pick. Also, what do you think about Jack's pick? 
Well, uh, the one note I would say, the, the big change in their farm system since March with the coming and going of the draft, um, adding the first overall pick, Spencer Torkelson, certainly helps. Um, he's a guy that we had, or I had, as the 10th pick in the MVP draft as my last pick, long shot type guy. Uh, decent chance he works out just because he is built um, kind of as a bat first guy where the generally... Guys of that pedigree, that high up, do pan out. So um, potentially that could be a key to success for Detroit. I don't hate it. Uh, you went a different route than I was going in terms of looking at the young talents of teams down the line. Because I've got Miami Marlins with my final pick. They're a team that... I think the difference between them and Detroit is that we've seen a lot more of what Miami can do just by the fact that they were able to win a playoff series this year against the division-winning Cubs. The Marlins showed that their pitching is here and it's ready, and I think the earlier you can get your arms into the league, the faster they can adapt, the faster that they can establish themselves Generally, that's going to work out for you well, and I'm hoping that Miami, certainly in a tough division, being that uh, the, both the Braves and the Mets went pretty early on, I, I do think the Marlins, though, have a decent chance at sometime in the next 10 years that all the young guys will come up, develop, and maybe even win a title. And there goes the fourth-ranked farm system. I, I didn't really think about them just because ownership tends to be... Uh pretty random in their decision making I feel maybe that's changed recently but you know who knows when they'll just decide ah it's a fire sale on everyone good on this team like it was a few years ago Jack what do you think about this pick I agree and like you said fourth best farm system so this plays in very well um, a lot of their prospects will be going into their prime and uh, they did make an incredible acquisition last month so yeah I just Derek Jeter, I, you know, you got great management. Yeah, I, I think they'll do very well, and they could definitely be a contender for um, the World Series. So you re-two-peck the pick, the, the Derek Jeter uh, retirement <laughs> message? That was such a dumb phrase. Oh, my God. <laughs> that was worse than, like, Seven and, uh, like, that movie. <laughs> yeah. Where it's like, how do you replace a V with the Seven? They don't even look semi-similar. <laughs> Wait, what are you talking about? Do you read two peck this pick? Do you, do you read two peck the pick? I have no clue what's going on right now. <laughs> <laughs> when Derek Jeter retired, their whole big branding thing was respect with the two uh, with a two flipped out for the S. That was the thing that was everywhere for uh, re two pecking the the captain Derek Jeter. Oh yeah. From now on, I will only use numbers between my words like within my words every word i do in every <laughs> class will now have a number between it whether or not people even understand it uh so from now on my name is s3th i like it uh-huh almost a bit eminemy with his his little thing there drew now you are dr3w uh what do you think about that can't wait to see what this Podcast ends up getting called. <laughs> a whole lot of letters there you can play with. Yeah. Jack, Jack. has CTE. I'm, I'm trying to think about what to do with your name, Jack, because quite honestly, no number represents a letter of your name all that well. So maybe maybe it's... That's it's, why I'm the problem, man. Yeah. Jack the problem Shapiro for that reason. The problem. Maybe, uh, maybe I could put in a seven for an L there. Or never mind, I could just do PR zero eight. 
L3M. Lovely. Mm-hmm. Jack, the problem, Shapiro. Guys, this was lovely. Uh, speaking of that, uh, we, we each chose five teams. I can't wait to get this Twitter poll up. I can't win. I can't wait to win my second poll in a row. Uh, is there anything else either you would like to say? Well, I want to know. Uh, I want to know who you guys were considering here as as potential other picks because I know there were a few that I was hoping to get to if uh, if some other picks went off the board. Uh, was there anyone that you guys were kind of teetering on maybe or, or hoping to get to? Maybe Nationals just because the strength of Soto. Yeah, like, you might bank that they build a team around him uh, yeah. in order you know when he hits his prime prime in order to make sure that he stays but who knows teams could also get rid of their best players like uh like the red Sox or as we mentioned previously the marlins or now the indians so who knows yeah i mean i like that so though he's so young that when you say build around him they could be building around him in 2021 or in 2029 just because uh, of how talented he seems to be so yeah, I like that one. I, I had flagged the Phillies from their division as a team that I could see certainly going similar to the Nationals when I was talking about the 2019 team. They kind of give me that kind of vibe with Harper as the piece that, well, he wasn't on that Nationals team. He was, like, I see him as a similar piece to Rendon, where he just needs some more guys around him. And Wheeler, I really like. And Alec Bohm was close, and he got first place votes for the NL Rookie of the Year by a handful of writers. And I could see this being where Lindor goes, or I could see this being where we see Springer go, or I, I could see them making a splash that people really haven't been talking about because I, I think the Phillies are closer than people are giving them credit for. Jack, who couldn't you get to? Um, I would say maybe the Orioles. They have a lot of great prospects, although their draft wasn't the best this year. But I just think that, you know... Years of being, you know, bottom five, you're bound, hopefully, I'd hope so, to have an abundance of um, skill for the future. I guess that does make a lot of sense. And I'm thinking, say, in 2010, uh, with the Astros contending for, I guess, the back half of this decade, would we have spotted it if we did the draft then? So, yeah, I do think that that's a, a good pick and it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I think I think that's just about it. Th- those were a couple teams I was looking at. I I wasn't so sure how I feel about Baltimore just because, in comparison to uh, Miami and even Detroit, I-, I feel like they're a step behind. I feel like the Reds could do it in the next couple of years if they keep Gray around. I feel like the Cubs could do it this year, depending on the route they go, whether it's going to be the fire sale or whether it's going to be. Um, trying one last time so a couple other names but yeah I mean you take 15 teams uh, we got all the big ones off the board yeah and what do you think the percentage chances that we get every single one 75 63.48 percent I like the precision that's what makes you jack the problem Shapiro so is there anything else you guys would like to say I want to know your your percentage. You can't just ask us and keep yourself. You guys quiet. are the experts. I I really have no clue. I'm gonna say it's forty three percent chance. Yeah. Uh huh. I just threw a random number out there. <laughs> Jack, thank you very much for coming. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, we're gonna post this on Twitter as well. So it's time to see who wins the third poll. Will it be Seth? Will it be Drew? Will it be Jack, the guest? <laughs> we'll see. <laughs>